0: all right guys let's start with the game dog or cat uh dog it doesn't matter cake or pie oh pie both <laughs> you're easy to get along with guy <laughs> <laughs> toilet paper over or under over
1: my only preference over
2: <laughs> coke or pepsi neither neither i don't drink soft drinks huh y'all agree my body is a temple save or spend (laughs) save save or spend oh no no I'm very conservative I'm a fiscal conservative so it's safe beer or wine both yeah both
0: welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics hey this is Jason Whiteley Jason Wheeler. We are at Unlawful Assembly in Legacy Hall in Frisco, Texas, in Collin County, just north of Dallas. This place is cool because it's cool, but the names of the beer here oh, are, it's great. are yeah. the best. And
3: that's how we choose them, just by the names. You can give <laughs> us anything in a cup. We just want to pick a cool name. By the way, if you're not familiar with Frisco, uh, this place has exploded. If you're living somewhere else in Texas, if you ever make it out this way, we are at Legacy Hall. It's uh, just in the shadows almost of Jerry's. Big complex there, the star in Frisco.
0: So last episode we had George Bouhaisen on. He runs Better Angels, and George was talking about the effort of this organization to get people on the left and people on the right to finally sit down and try to bridge this, this gap that we have in America today. So I said, hey, George... The conversation was so fascinating. I said, "Let's find somebody." Went through it. He said, "All right, well, let me work on it." And we wanted to do it without George
3: sitting here, so that people would feel free to just let it fly. I don't get the sense from either one of you guys that you wouldn't feel free to let it fly anyway, whether, uh, you,
2: whether you want it or not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we have two guests here today. Uh, Joe and Guy, introduce yourselves. Joe
2: first. Go ahead. Uh, Joe Mueller, uh, current uh, living in Prosper, Texas. I'm 70 years old. Retired uh, six years ago. Uh, a uh, very active snow skier, avid motorcycle rider, play a little golf, and then uh, uh, volunteer in the ski club. So keeps me busy, keeps me out of trouble. You are a busy man. Yeah. Guy?
1: I'm Guy Dixon, and I, I have lived here in Dallas for a little over 20 years, but uh, interested in keeping our country what it is historically. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you guys know each other before you went through Better Angels? No. So you guys were in this course together. Yes. Ten years ago. The conversation might not have been as as contentious, as, as contentious, as headbutting <laughs> as it is now. That's true. Is, is that all over the 2016 election? Is it over President Trump? Is it after President Obama? What, what is it?
1: What, what changed? I, I, you know, I think Trump was a catalyst to a frustration that has been kind of growing in the background for years mm. that to my belief I think our politics and our political operatives in this country have reached into emotional issues to put Joe where Joe wants to be and put me where I want to be, just by our natures. And I have found recently, since that time frame, that we are no longer able to even start with a common premise. Wow, Joe, and, what do you think about that? Is that is that the case?
2: Uh, I- my perspective, uh, United States is based on a capitalistic system. I think it makes a lot of sense to have someone that knows, that's run a business, that knows how to, you know, drive, drive a capitalistic enterprise like the United States. Uh, so, you know, to me, that's, that's why I voted for Trump. I think we've got too many professional politicians and lawyers sitting in Washington. So I think, a, you know, a good, solid businessman coming in, straightening things up, I'm all for that. However, when I turn the TV on, and the more leaning liberals you know i voted for trump therefore i am a xenophobe i'm a homophobe i'm a white nationalist i'm a nazi you know fascist whatever whatever kind of crap they can dig up no that's not it what better angels has done for me i get to go sit with other people and say Okay, no, I'm not a white nationalist. No, I'm not a xenophobe. No, I'm not a homophobe. I'm not a racist. I'm, you know, just a guy that thinks we need some different direction. So and you
3: can educate other people about you and people who think like you. I'm curious, after so, going through Better Angels, though, what changes in you? So,
1: so let me just say something here, because I think Joe brings out a good point. And I, I And I think this is not, not really understood. Because of that messaging that I mentioned as far as the emotional hooks... Joe has a very strong impression that I might be sitting here and thinking that he's all those things that he thinks I'm thinking he is. He doesn't know. I don't know. That's he's, true. He's never asked, do you think I'm a homophobe? Do you think I'm this? Do you think I'm that? But yet, because of the messaging that happens out there, that is the impression that he has for somebody sitting on the opposite side of the political aisle, and it's, hmm. to me, it. Probably is in most instances completely false, and this
3: goes in both directions. This
1: goes in both directions. I'm not, I'm not. Both sides, political operatives, I think, do exactly the same thing. And the unfortunate thing is, once it gets into the, that space, my impression, Joe and I, because of that difference, and he thinks I'm this, and I think he's that, or we think we think that, we might not sit down and talk to one another.
3: So you start off with a barrier.
1: We, exactly. So now, I, I'm saying I don't start off with the right, barrier, but, but I think the political messaging has put him with his walls and put me with my walls. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to look over them and tear them down. How has Better Angels affected the way you consume news? Well, I might be unique in, my, in me, who, who I am. It depends on who is telling that story. Right. As to whether it's a 1% of the whole or whether it's 90% of the whole. And if you're only hearing 1% that gives you an impression or leads to some innuendo and there's 90% of it out over here and you start believing that as the whole story.
3: Hmm. So do you all pick from different sources when you seek out news? Yeah, what I what uh, I do opposing
1: sources,
2: Joe? Uh, yeah, typically I'm a conservative, and I like the echo chamber. You know, I like people to tell me I'm smart. By <laughs> God, come on, Sean Hannity, tell me how great I, you know, tell me how great Trump is. It feels but, good, though, doesn't it? Because yeah, you're yeah. being validated. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But on the other on the other side, you know, when I'm on a stairmaster and I can relieve my frustrations, I do crank up CNN and see, you know, see what they're doing. But I, you know, at the same time, I get to, you know, I'm huffing and puffing. Are you yelling at the TV? No, because I'm getting, I'm relieving enough stress because I've cranked it up pretty good. So you can run it out. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but you know, I do try to, to, to at least listen to the other side, you know, so I, I, I do a combination of, you know, you know, left leaning as well as certainly right leaning, you know, news stations. And there's a lot of people who don't though,
3: uh, Guy, you, obviously you look at news very differently than you did before. So you're taking in different channels. But uh, there's well, a lot of people who I'll, aren't.
1: I'll, I'll say this. I, My preference from news consumption would be, and it's not too available anymore, and it might be just because of my age. I prefer a hard newspaper in my hand hmm. rather than an electronic medium. And the reason I like that is because There is a selection process that I can choose rather than the news feed giving me what I read before. Here, let's feed him 15 more of these articles.
3: Okay, so how many of these meetings, though, did you all go to, and and did you see any change in yourself?
1: I would have to say, I think, for me, what happened, I had an audience with people that might have thought differently than me rather than in an echo chamber talking to somebody that was the same opinion, I could sit there and I could try to understand where Joe was coming from and ask Joe a question, why do you feel that way? Explain that to me a little bit. And so it offered me an opportunity to step away from maybe the messaging I'm hearing and saying, that's BS, that messaging is BS. And I need to kind of like maybe shut that off and go find somebody to talk to that's on the other side, if hmm. I can, hmm. before we get to a point where we can't talk with one another.
3: And some people have already gotten there. Joe, what was your takeaway when, when you think about that? When you look back at the classes, did you did you feel like there was a change with you?
2: Well, yeah, certainly you don't... Uh okay so meet someone like guy or some of the other you know nice folks that you know participate in better Angels because i mean they're they're there for a good reason and and, and yes i get to, i get to vent a little bit and then uh but at the same time i get to know them as people and you know say okay you know i totally disagree with you know what you want to do on health care or uh, social security or you know uh, you know immigration or whatever the topic might be i'm you know might have a different view but i don't hate guy you know it's not like boy if i get a chance I'm gonna run over him I see him in a crosswalk or something mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so it's it's it, you know he's he's a person and he's got different views and it, it's helped me soften that a little bit too and and understand okay you know it's different view uh you know they've got their view I've got mine and it's uh you know it, it's okay but you I don't I, I don't go you know it's not venomous
3: you mentioned seeing them as people do you think we've gotten to the point where we've stopped seeing the other side as people and sometimes just seeing their agenda
1: well and I'll frame it this way his political issues and my political issues, if we were to sit down and talk to one another and actually get past the emotional hooks that are out there, I think we could find ourselves. Where we might be more coincident with one another than we're oppositional to one another.
3: So you think y'all can agree on some I things? Think we can. Well, no, what, do you,
1: what do you think about what he said, Joe? Oh, I think that
2: I think it's true. Yeah, I think it's true. Uh, now you're, you know, I'm not here to you know try to convince a guy, you know, my point of view. But I think if I can at least hear it and understand it, I could say, okay, well, he likes, you know, in general, I think the left like a relatively high safety net. You know, they like a lot of a lot of government security stuff. I'm on the other end. I like a lower safety net. But you know, okay. Uh, Got your view, and you know I, you know I don't want to pay for all that stuff for other people either. You know that's you know that gets
1: into the other issue too. Tell us it, how to go yeah, ahead. Jay. Just to say, and I think Better Angels' whole point is not for me to go in there for Joe to go in there and try to change his mind. Right. But it's more to get us face to face with one another, talking to one another. The fundamental concern for us as a country right now is the fact that we are doing this with one another. We're diverging. We're diverging only in our emotional sense for one another. That might be completely false. Mm -hmm. Are we tearing apart? I think over time we could. Joe? Well, it's certainly
2: not getting any better. I mean, you know, from from my perspective, what I've looked at the last three years, Russia, 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 Trump's no good, da-da-da-da, so you go through that for two years. We have this fiasco Kavanaugh hearing. You know, what, you know, what was that about? Are you you know, you serious? Nothing but a bunch of dirt slinging. So that, you know, didn't sit well with me. And now we're into this impeachment farce right now. Let me, totally baseless. Let and so to me, it's just like it's been three years of this stuff. You know, they've been attacking my man, basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm getting a little tired of it. Let me
3: ask what? you this. Do either of you see, uh, you know, a party that you identify with after going through Better Angels? Do you see people, though, who are in your party that you think, you know, I wish they would stop talking like that. I wish that they could tone it down a little bit because you've been through this. You've been able to sit and listen to the other side and 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 hear them out and 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 maybe, you know, soften your own language a little bit. Have you thought that with people that in are in the parties you identify with?
2: Okay, well let's just the main guy. Let's just, you know, Pence, for example, very, very, you know, soft-spoken, typical, you know, very good politician, got a lot of respect for him. Now, Trump on the other side, you know, he fires a guy like Rex Tillerson, the chairman of, of ExxonMobil. Next thing you know, three months later, Rex is uh, dumber than a bag of rocks, you know. So, uh, you, know, so I, you know, certainly Mr. Trump could, you know, calm things down a little bit, but it's, it's kind of, it's like, okay, he's not presidential. That's true the reason i voted for him because he's not presidential he's going in he's a wrecking ball he's going to tear down walls he's going to do whatever he has to and we're actually going to come up with some really good fundamental change.
0: so tell us how this works you guys go to these meetings is there arguing is it listening well, no what, no what is well, it?
2: it's it's pretty structured so like immigration for example say so we're going to talk about an immigration so typically what would happen is you'd have say blues you know the uh, liberal side, would, would give their views. You know, we can't interrupt. We can't. Man, we I'm going to interrupt you. It should be noted you're wearing a blue sweatshirt today, I know. I'm, 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 I'm incognito. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, man. Would, you know, since I'm with ABC people here, I, want, <laughs> oh. I wasn't taking any chances. I thought I right. might, like, cut uh. my mic off. <laughs> Go ahead. I interrupted you, man. Okay. So, anyway, but, yeah, and, and really, we the, the meetings, are, are, are you, you can't hammer on each other. So, it's pretty structured. So, the blues give their and then the reds, the more conservative may have have their point and you you kind of hash it out and you try to keep you try to keep the volatility down
3: does the other side ever say something though in their presentation that you think hmm i guess i never thought of it that way
1: yes that happens that happens
3: yeah
2: yeah really that's positive yeah i mean that's a good thing and, and the other thing i think that i get out of it is if you're going to take a, a topic like say immigration so i feel this way you know i'm I think, you know, we, we do plenty, you know, legal immigration. We let over a million people a year in the United States. So I think that's my view okay, but if I'm going to go sit down at a Better Angels meeting, I kind of scratch my head and say, okay, why do I feel that way? Let me gather some data. Let me go do some rent. Okay, so let's look at uh, how many, you know, the countries and, you know, how many immigrants they allow per year. And you go up through West Germany and, you know, United States and all that. And you say, okay, well, all right. Now it, it helps me crystallize my thoughts rather than just saying, okay, that's the way I feel and that's it. It actually makes me think about it a little hmm. bit and say, okay, well, how can I explain this to someone? That gets me right hmm.
3: there. Just the fact that you think, why do I feel that way? Just that simple sentence, if right. you think about it, how many people are going about their daily lives and engaging in political conversations and, and wondering to themselves, why do I feel this way? They'll state their opinions, yeah, but that's, that's how point. many of us are questioning why?
2: Okay, and let me just continue on immigration. For example, I just, I'll put together you know 10, 10 countries, starting the, the least number of immigrants that are allowed in for whatever reason, You know, green cards, work visas, whatever. And I went from 10 up to one. Well, you know, the second most country was, you know, Germany. So they had like three or 400,000 people that were in allowing well, legally. The United States is like a million to a million, too. So, I mean, right now, I mean, if we didn't let a single immigrant in the country, we would still be by far the most generous country in the world. And, you know, so I, I like to start there. Now, yes, I feel sorry for poor people coming out of, you know, uh, you know Honduras and all that kind of you know, certainly some issues. But on the other hand, we're doing pretty doggone good just coming off from the, the legal immigration. But what that does for me, it says, okay, I, I feel that way, and this is why I feel that way. Okay, now then, you know, like healthcare, why do I feel So little, let me
1: just stop go, you right there. Okay. And I, I'm going to say something that might be surprising to you. Okay. But I might be able to change your opinion about that with another aspect of immigration. Okay. We as a country right now, as you well realize, are at 3.5% unemployment. We also have a situation right now where we have over 7 million job openings, more than those looking for jobs.
2: So I'll say great. So merit-based so, so 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 merit me
1: so merit is great. So let me finish. Okay. So what happens in that environment in our country at this point, our economy is actually being hampered by the fact that we don't have enough workers in this country to take the jobs that need to be taken. And if we were to have a different immigration philosophy than we do right now, our economy might be significantly better than it is because we'd be able to employ people that companies are looking for that would actually improve our economic situation than what we would otherwise have. And to your capitalistic thought, which I agree with... We need workers in here from other countries and we need that looking forward because aging nations in this world are going to be competing for those resources. And if we don't get ahead of that curve, we're going to be way behind the economic eight ball as other countries may do things more aggressively than we are to attract a workforce, immigrant workforce, because the aging world nations in this day and age they're going to be hurting in 20 years because they don't have enough workers for their economy. Okay
2: well here's here's my and I see and I, that's great point. So infrastructure everybody says we need to do infrastructure bridges, dams. okay, so what do you need that You don't need somebody sneaking across the Rio Grande River. you need civil engineers, right? we got to have somebody to design and build the dams. we got to have somebody to build the roadways. We've got to do that sort of stuff. So when you say, let's let's open up, we need more of these type of people. I say, well, okay, let's step back. What do we need in the United States? We need IT people. We need electrical engineers. We need civil engineers, you know, those sort of folks. Now we may need some more laborers. Okay, well then let's bring in some of those. So to
1: me, I'm all for merit-based immigration too. So, so let me say, say something relative to that thought. And I'm I'm all in agreement with that kind of maybe premise for an immigration thought, is that dur- during my latter career years, we could not find engineers that were domestically educated or even domestically born. And if you were to go into the groups that I worked with in my latter years, they were predominantly from other countries. They were from Russia, they were from Venezuela, they were from England, they were from Scotland, they were from Vietnam, they were from Iran, they were from so many other places that you had a hard time finding a U.S. domestically educated engineer in my work groups and we wouldn't have survived doing the jobs unless we had that technical expertise from these other countries. I'm good with it.
2: Yeah, I'm good. I'm so, it so is for, for full disclosure. I'm a chemical engineer, so uh, so you know that's. But when I you know I go to University of Houston and you know back in 1967 when I started and. Who wants to be an engineer? So you have this auditorium full of people. By the time I graduated, you could have probably put them in the space right here. So I mean, it's it sounds so it's it's a tough degree to get, and I and I think in general some of the other countries are probably doing more, and you know it's it's more like a work ethic, grind it out, go to the U.S. and get the job. But I agree that yes, have if we wa- need them,
1: bring them in. Yeah. Have you walked around UTD campus recently? I have not. No. You would be surprised at the mix of the student population there. You wouldn't see one of us walking around that campus there. You mean white guy? Uh, 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 white domestic. We're in the height of the holiday season, guys. Is uh, What
0: would you tell others who are listening to this who might be a little nervous about driving over to their uncle's house or their aunt's house or their parents' house talking politics? You guys have, have picked up some things along the way. What would you tell people about how to find common ground?
1: Well, i I don't know that the objective should be finding a common ground. What should it be? I think the objective should be, I honor your thoughts. This is what you say to yourself. Please help me understand why you are believing the things that you're believing. And just listen to see what it is and where they're coming from rather than saying, hey, Joe, that's a bunch of hogwash. Where do you get that from? Why do you think that way? Explain to me. And like we did right here, Joe and I on immigration found a common ground relative to, yeah, I can agree with immigration on a job-based, merit-based kind of perspective. And that might be a big win for an immigration policy or for a worker base that would help our economy grow.
0: Joe, what would you tell people?
1: Well, I think
2: in the, this time of year, in the season, lifelong Catholic, I'll throw that out there. I think you need to focus on peace and joy of the season. Uh, I think politics are tough when you get around family people you don't know. I would tread. I would say just tread very lightly and enjoy the enjoy the enjoy the season and, and where we came from and, and what what it's all about. And you know,
3: so you're in this room though with fellow Texans and right. you're hearing their political views and they're of you know all different uh, sorts. It, it, was there anybody in the room that you just couldn't tolerate? That you just wanted to take out back? <laughs> Guy is pointing oh, no. to Joe, and no. Joe is raising his hand. So, other than
2: Joe, everybody was pretty good.
3: <laughs> All right, guys. But look at conversa- you now. <laughs> look at you now.
1: Good conversation, guys. Cheers. All right. Yeah. Thanks a lot. All right. That was a joke, Joe. I know it was. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for the very civil discussion today. <laughs>
0: Six letters is what I took away from this conversation. L I S T E N. Listen. Just listen. It's amazing how hard that is to do, especially with family. These are people you've known all your life, and you're going to see them for the holidays. Yeah. And you walk in with preconceived notions, and you're ready to ready to get going, or you're ready to be defensive.
3: And you know you have to. It's hard to remember to listen when you're looking at when you're reading it. You know, it's one thing when you're hearing it. It's another when you're reading it. And I think that a lot of people have been doing the unfriending thing, like we were talking about there, instead of just saying, well, you know, that's my friend so-and-so who's got strong opinions
0: on that. Yeah. Uh, Joe, Joe and Guy prove there is common ground to be found. So it's good lesson for all of us maybe this holiday the, season and for 2020. Maybe these courses
3: are going to be, you know, needed to be required for the rest of us, you know? I mean, to be able to just get in a room with other texans and go okay you know you think totally different
0: than, than i do but uh i can get along with you we have a link to better angels on our website um and it's at wfaa.com slash as well too if you're interested in joining the program thanks for listening to this episode of Y'allatix. i'm jason whitely and i'm jason
3: wheeler and we will talk to you one more time in 2019 before this gets really real next year